Hello, and welcome to the Parental Advisory Movie Podcast. We are your hosts, Jeff Hall and Patrick Terry. We're two dads with a love for movies. Join us as we discuss movies we have seen with our kids, as well as movies we have seen without them. I want to push you around. Yeah, I will. Yeah, I will. <laughs> Good morning, Patrick. Happy Barbenheimer weekend. <laughs> Happy Barbenheimer weekend to you too, Jeff. <laughs> How are things? Things are, things are well. Good. It's Monday, start of a new week. And we have some interesting things to discuss today. Yeah, we do. A lot of interesting things. You and I are both sporting our Byronheimer shirts today. Yep. yep. Twinking end up. Yep. yep. And uh, thanks again to the missus uh, for using utilizing her cricket machine and showing me actually the best way to tie-dye. We went the amount of designs we went through looking at different – like I didn't realize because I don't do tie-dye – Mm-hmm. How many different patterns and different ways to do it? Yeah. And I was like, this is beginning to be a bit much. I'm almost like almost regretting <laughs> this idea. But it, I think it worked out great because we seriously didn't have enough black and pink. Mm-hmm. We had one bottle of each to do four shirts. Uh, one for you, one for myself, one for Yorick, and then one for a friend of mine at work that thought it was an amazing idea and would love to have one also so i i hooked her up so yeah uh and she was gonna wear when she went to the movies as well so uh it, i think the, i think it turned out well because it kind of gives the effect that we were wanting or at least that i had talked about um, mm-hmm. on a previous episode about just having the logo and then having the tie-dye make it look like it was like smoke from an explosion so but both pink and black and having it. So I think it did the trick instead of taking up the entire shirt, just looked like residual smoke. So. Yeah. So, was, yeah. When I went to Moose Friday, I had a fruit punch. So, you know, sometimes you get like a little bit at the top. Yeah. So when I was drinking it, it kind of spilled on the shirt. And so when afterwards I was looking like, I can't really tell. <laughs> it's like it's part <laughs> of it. Yeah. It's like, this looks like it's part of it. Yeah. Uh, I have coffee stains that you can tell, but well enough on the screen that you can't see it right now. Yeah. <laughs> Taken after my grandfather getting coffee stains on a white shirt. <laughs> got to mark it. Indeed. Like his bet, like it got so bad uh, for him that he would get like coffee stains on his ties that one year at work, uh, his administrative assistant got him a birthday card. And mm-hmm. on the inside of a birthday card, it was a coffee stain as a joke. Dang. I was like, that's hilarious. Someone's paying <clears> attention. <throat> yeah. Yep. Nice little running gag. And so it has passed on. <laughs> Sadly. <laughs> but only on white shirts. I don't really seem to do it too badly most other times. But yeah. Anyways, yes, we, uh, we did the Barmanheimer. We could not do do the double feature as we wanted because Grayson wanted to see Barbie Friday night. So we saw Barbie Friday and then York and I uh, went and saw Oppenheimer and uh, IMAX Sunday morning, which we were luck- at 11, which we are still lucky enough to get tickets for just ridiculous, yeah. <clears throat> which is, I mean, it's amazing, but I've even looked into next week to try to catch an early morning, like on a Saturday, not happen. 
That is cool. crazy. Like, let's, let's I sit toward the front and even though I've seen it, I still don't want to sit like too close. Yeah. I want to be able to do sun. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I was like, man, it's going to be a, I don't know how long it's going to be in IMAX. So I might oh, not get yeah. to catch it in IMAX unless I go late. And then even then it's still full. I'm like, the hell y'all. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but it's good. You know, they marketed the, both of these movies well. So it's showing because people are going yes. out and checking them out. So now speaking of which, <laughs> speaking of which, so, uh, now this, I read this, I captured, uh, Saturday. Okay. So this is not even current as mm-hmm. of today, but as, as of Saturday, a hundred Barbie, 150 million plus opening versus $145 million budget. Oppenheimer, seventy-five million plus opening versus a hundred million budget. Fast X, sixty-seven million opening versus three hundred and forty million dollar budget. Wow, that's a lot of egos that are getting paid. Um, Transformer Seven, sixty-one million opening versus three hundred and forty million dollar budget. Oh wait, sorry, versus two hundred million dollar budget. And then Indiana Jones. I would in the dial of destiny mm-hmm. 60 million opening versus 295 million dollar budget so basically what this person is trying to say is the barbenheimer weekend is basically telling studios no more sequels do something you know original and fresh yep stop leaning on franchises yeah and what's we can go ahead and say that oppenheimer's an oscar no i mean it's an oscar movie yeah that came out in july which is crazy but also smart because you know get it out early um, but yeah it's a good time because school's out a lot of people have free time so a lot more people can see it than when in later in yes. the year both movies are well barbie's when you can take the family to go see oppenheimer uh, <laughs> yeah yeah Yep. <clears throat> you you might want to be a little more that. cautious on that one. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's another yeah. reason why you don't want to sit on the front row because you want to be you don't want to be sitting on Florence Pugh's nipple. So <laughs> unless that's your thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. You know. <clears throat> unless that's your thing. <laughs> Where's her vest? <laughs> I like this vest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but real quick before we get into all the things we want to get into with both of these amazing movies. Uh, trailers, new trailer dropped for the Marvels. I have not watched it. Don't plan on it because the less I know, the better. All I know is I saw Nick Fury. I know there's a still Nick Fury in it, so I know Nick Fury's makes yeah, it a sick invasion. Yeah, I don't think I've watched the the new one. Unless that's no, in the theater, which yeah. I don't have any control over. Yeah. And then you know I'm not going to actively seek it out. I guess is a good way to put it. Yeah. Up next, uh, new trailer for Gran Turismo coming out August 11th. Uh, the Marvels set to be released November 10th. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, Gran Turismo August 11th. I think York and I'm going to probably go see. We might go see it in IMAX. I think that'd be a good IMAX movie. But um, Gran Turismo. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. could 4D exit, but I think we might IMAX instead. And I think uh, York a lot I, with his, you know. Since he went to a Formula One race uh, when they were in Montreal on vacation, and he kind of has an idea what race, you know, the all the kind of coolness of racing that I think he would enjoy this movie. Yeah. So, 
We'll go check it out for sure. And oddly, honestly, that's the only two. Um, was it Invincible season two trailer dropped also? And they released a little side episode too with Adam Eve, kind of kind of like her origin story. <clears throat> I checked it out. I thought it was pretty decent, pretty good, oh. interesting. She does some things here that she didn't do in two seasons. I was like, she was holding back. <laughs> Right, <laughs> but um, it's it's something to kind of wet your whistle till they actually drop the next season. So right, it's cool. Whenever that may be, if it is yeah. complete, if it is indeed completed. <laughs> True, that's what we're kind of waiting on. And I feel like that's going to be the going thing, at least if not for fall, at, at least for spring for sure. Yeah. So it's yeah. A lot of factors. <laughs> yes. All righty. Let's get into our very explosive double feature of Barbenheimer. We're going to st- start with the first name of Barbenheimer. We're going to go with Barbie. It's Barbie time. Yep. It's Barbie time. Barbie is rated PG 13. Oh my God. PG 13. I thought, why, why? I can't take kids to go see this. This is PG. Th- you realize most movies are PG 13 now. Yep. Just yes, that. that's. Especially I think they action. literally used they literally used the words genitals twice, maybe three times. Then they bleeped the f bomb. <laughs> yes. So they didn't even use they didn't even use it to, to say right. it. They, they still bleep they still censored it. So I was I thought yeah. that was cool. Yeah. So it's whatever. Anyways, <laughs> runtime of one hour fifty four minutes, which I think is a good runtime. I don't even I don't think it really even felt that long. So mm-hmm. that's good. The IMDb summary. Barbie suffers a crisis that leads her to question her world and her existence. Dun, dun, dun. Very yeah. simplistic. Thank you, AI, for writing that synopsis. You are welcome. Oh. Keeping it simple without spoiling. Right, exactly. So Margot Robbie, of course, plays... Uh, she... <laughs> oh, shoot. Well, which Barbie is hers? Hers is uh, stereotypical. stereotypical. Yep, stereotypical. Yeah. i just been called her the main Barbie. Yep. OGB. <laughs> story. Yeah. OGB. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and of course, Ryan Gosling plays OGK. <laughs> plays yeah. Ken. Or who ain't who the his only knowledge of anything is beach. Not the beach. Like more of like an adjective. Beach. I'm gonna beat you. <laughs> yeah. Beat you off. I'll beat you off right now. <laughs> That, just, that entire thing, I was just dying. I'm like, yeah. that's amazing. That's ama- I was like, why is- I looked over at York. I go, bro, why does it sound so dirty? <laughs> right. I was like, I'm like, I don't even, I am, I am dying to know, though, how many takes it took for them to get through that. Right. I, there's no way. I mean, you could be as professional as you want, but at some point, you're going to break because that's too damn funny. They should have, I'm sure they'll have, like, when it comes out, they'll have, like, blooper Blue. scenes with it. I hope so. Yes, I hope so because it was amazing. Uh, Issa Rae also plays Barbie. Uh, Kate McKinnon plays Weird Barbie. And then there's literally a host of others just named Barbie. Okay. Yeah, you got, you got the main Barbie and Candy have your their variations. Yes, yes, because you know, just like in the just like in Barbie dolls, there are different versions of Barbie as mm-hmm. taking on different roles as doctors, lawyers, Supreme Court justice, even president. And Issa Rae plays the president Barbie yep. uh, of Barbie Land. 
Even Dua Lipa plays Barbie as Mermaid Barbie. Yep. You have construction and, workers. Yes. Uh, Emerald Fennell plays Midge, who's pregnant, and who is an actual Barbie character. This was a whole thing, I thread I went down. Mm-hmm. I learned quite a bit about Barbies and Kins and okay. Alan. Not Alan's, Alan. Uh, Alan. Yes, played by Michael Sarah, who is Ken's friend. And apparently, when Midge first, when the Midge doll came out as pregnant, with a belly you could take off, and there's a baby inside, which that tripped me up when we saw that in the credits. Oh, like oh my god, that's hilarious. That they thought that Midge was basically had. There's like I guess when the Midge doll came out, it was like a big controversy, even though Midge was not was a grown adult at, yeah. in this doll. But it's because she wasn't. She basically had. She was having a child out of wedlock. It's so damn. And even though at this point, can, canonically, there we go. Speaking, she was married to Alan at this point. So I forgot what Walmart or somewhere took him off the shelves. And so then Bart, the Mattel, basically repackaged Midge with an Alan cutout inside, and then made her, and then add extra detailing to her wedding ring made it thicker Mm -hmm. to show that she had a wedding ring on that she was married she's just a pregnant mom okay they retconned it (laughs) jeez louise so anyways she plays midge in this movie who's has a very small part but it's still she's still in there so it's awesome that literally all kinds of barbie easter eggs are in this uh simu lu plays another kin i think in the subtitles if you uh, someone who uh, I'd read one thread where someone was talking about if you have the if you have the uh, closed captioning or the you know, the what do you call it the assistance for like people that are hard of hearing yeah the you go to that for, mm-hmm. yeah the uh, the captions for it Simi Lu's kin is Pompadour kin like they assigned different names of kins okay so he was Pompadour kin and Kingsley Ben uh, Kingsley Ben Adir plays Tolkien. <laughs> Tolkien. That was that that was his uh what are Nick- you talking? Yes I am. <laughs> Actually am I a scroll? Why no I'm not. Why would you even <laughs> say that? Why right. would you even admit that? <laughs> Why assume that? Yes. This is that's not even this movie or show. Odd. Um. <laughs> uh and then you get a couple of can uh, yeah, a couple other Ken cameos. And uh, America Ferreira plays Gloria. Ariana Greenblatt plays Sasha, her daughter. And uh, basically, Barbie starts, you know, starts having, you know, lives. It shows Barbie going through her day, just, you know, just a normal, you know, waking up, waking up, hearing the same song and, you know, the shower that doesn't really work, but you hear the sounds. Yeah. And using the oversized brush that just like the ones that used to come with the Barbie dolls. Apparently they quit making those brushes to save on plastic. I bet they, they still cost charge the same. Probably. It takes oh. up the now and we we'll we'll cost charge them more. Yep. Charge them more. Exactly. That's how, that's how corporations work. Yep. And then uh, Lizzo singing the song in the background. Yes. I was like, all right. And then um, Helen Mirren's the narrator. Yes. And a couple of times she interrupted Lizzo. She's like, hey, I'm still singing. Yeah. It's like, hey, I'm still singing here. Yeah. Come on uh, 
And it's just, and it shows Barbie whenever she wants to go from her bedroom down to the kitchen. She just gets up and then she just kind of floats down because it's a nod to the fact that when Barbie Dream Houses first came out, they didn't have stairs. So, mm-hmm. you know, kids would have to take them and then just bring her down and put her down on another floor. So the floating part is just kind of a nod to that, that yeah. there aren't any stairs. And that a lot of the things look plastic or cardboard because yep. that's how it looks like. The, the attention to detail on the production and set design alone was amazing. And just the attention to detail to try and make it as realistic like it's a play, you know, like it's a toy, you know, and not like it's an actual house with four walls. Because this house does not have walls. Kind of like we're on one side, except on the one side, much like at a Barmy Dream house. Yeah, kind of like if we were in a watching this on Broadway in our own stage. Yes, like a, like yeah, a set. Yeah. It yeah. literally looks like a Broadway set. Yeah, and so you can see you could literally like Barbie wakes up out of her bed and looks over to her left, and there's her right, and there's another Barbie saying "Morning, Barbie," because they're mm-hmm. sitting on her bed because they can all see they can all see inside each other's houses. Yes. So. Everyone is exposed. Yes. Not in this movie. Um, not like that. <laughs> <laughs> not like that. Not in this movie. That's the next yeah. one. Um, and not everybody. Um, <laughs> but yes, the. Uh, so when she goes through a day, you know, is driving along, saying hi to all the Barbies and goes, you know, winds up at the beach and then sees all the Kins. Mm-hmm. But our Ken, our Ryan Gosling Ken. Just really wants to have Barbie. Just wants Barbie to notice him. Yeah, that's all. That's it. Is he acknowledgement? Is he? He loves her, but she's just kind of like, oh, you're just a, you know, your kin. That's it. So, she. In other words, your friend zone kin <laughs> instead of beach kin. That's what you are. Your friend zone kin. Pretty much. Like no matter what he feels for her, she's not returning it. <laughs> yeah. Not like, even. Like you're cool, but. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool. Which, yeah. And then, of course, he gets jealous of the other kins that are trying to trying to vie for Barbie's attention. And, mm-hmm. you know, which then Pompadour Ken, I guess we could say, <laughs> and him get into a get into a verbal tiff in which they <laughs> which they they have threatened to have, you know, to beach off. I'll beat you off right now. Basically, basically let's are having it. a beach let's do off. It. Let's beach off. Yeah, let's do it. Let's have a beach off. Beach <laughs> off better than you. Beach off like you've never seen before. <laughs> it's so silly. It is so silly. This movie, like, uh, it's great. I, I, yeah. Uh, so yeah. So of course later, Ken wants to uh, wants to see if Barbie will you know wants to hang out and stuff like that. She's like, yeah, sure, I've got. In fact, I'm having a, a, I'm having uh, people over for a well, you know, for uh, for a party and a well choreographed dance that we've already practiced, you know, and it's very like, self-aware. <laughs> yeah, it's so yeah, very. It's freaking hilarious. So she's like, yeah, you should come. <laughs> so during this party and everything, she, she's like dancing, singing. The next thing, she's like, have you all ever thought about death? <laughs> this, er, like everything comes to a screeching halt. Music stops. They stop. Look at her. <laughs> She's like, okay, never mind. Let's go back to dance. And then, you know, starts right back up. Yeah. But we, you start, 
Barbie starts noticing that she's starting to feel different. Well, she's starting to feel feelings, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like start having, you know, these darker thoughts cross her mind, like depression and thoughts of what's death like and self doubt, uh, all of this. Yeah, something's going on. So everybody tells her to consult the weird Barbie and played by Kate McKinnon. Mm-hmm. And what ends up happening is Kate McKinnon's Barbie is the Barbie that's, you know, the kids have like tortured by cutting its hair off and dropping and having different accents. Basically like, uh, oh, what's this, the kid's name from the neighbor from Toy Story? No, it's like on the tip of my tongue. Starts with an S. Yeah, it starts with an S. I know that much. But basically, like if that if that character had had a, had handled a Barbie more or less, yeah, maybe a hair less violent. But yeah, so basically, they you know, weird Barbie's telling her, "Hey, you need to go to the real world and and go find out what's going on because or find out who your find out who your owner is, you know, who which." kid has been playing with you and she's had these visions of of two uh, of a mother and a daughter so yeah well you got to go to the real world to find these people and find out what's going on and and that's when so that's starts barbie's journey heading over to uh heading to the real world i thought sorry i thought you had something no i was gonna say that the toy story the kid sid sid yes thank you i knew it started with an s yeah and it could i couldn't think of it's like Sid, Scud, Scott. No. They all would have fit. <laughs> yep. So of course, um, so of course, you know, Barbie gets in a car, starts heading out there, and just like in the trailer, we find out Ken stowed away. Yeah. Because he's gonna go follow Barbie. He's just that he's determined. Out <laughs> yep. So when we get when they get to the real and it shows like you have to go you have to drive by car and then go by by boat mm-hmm. and then go by by spaceship and then by let's see camping. i'm missing one Boat, I know camping spaceship. is one of them camping yeah and then the one right before that is what was the one right before that it goes car boat spaceship camping rollerblade rollerblade well they, they do go on bike bicycles too. okay yeah and, oh yes yeah bike and then rollerblade yeah okay yeah knew there was like a, a whole system to it yeah and then to get back to Barbie, when you basically do the same thing, but in reverse. Yeah. See, pretty simple. <laughs> yeah. Oh, goodness. But yeah. Uh, and quickly realize it's not like Barbie Lane whatsoever. And they're rollerblading, you know, rollerblading around. And then uh, these guys start kind of catcalling Barbie. Mm-hmm. And so much like at one point, even Barbie. It, some guy gropes Barbie and then she punches him in the face, like instinctively. Just right yeah, away. like she's done it before. Like just, yeah. I guess it's because of what she's going through that yes. just made her reaction be that. Yeah, it, Ken's even Ken's like, I don't even know what's going on. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. It's like, who are these construction guys? Why aren't they girls? Yeah, and they quickly start, especially Ken, starts knowing, noticing all of these roles that the Barbies. Uh, had in Barbie land, men have in the real world. Yeah, he's soaking it up. He's like, oh. Yes. Because if nothing else, this movie is about trying to find your identity, trying to find out who you are. Correct. And 
ba- basically, you know, self-discovery of who you are and what kind of person you want to be. Right. So, so just playing both, the role that you were made to be. Yes. There's you determine what role you should want to play, not somebody else or yeah. something else, I guess, whichever. Right. But yeah, we uh it it is pretty interesting. So Barbie does end up finding the two people that are responsible. One of them actually works for Mattel because this movie, again, very self-aware. So it's, you know, the, they're not even villains. That's the thing. Like there's no real, like there's not a person that is a villain. There is an no. idea. Or yeah. Just situations. Perspective. And, yes. I, I, yeah. Idealism. This, yeah. Um, and again, who's the, who's the head of Mattel? Will Ferrell. Just like in the Lego movie. Yep. <laughs> I'm like, all right, there's some some connection there. Yep. <laughs> so, hilarious. but that's not what. But guess what? As soon as he pops on the screen, you know what Grayson said? "Mommy, look, it's Elf." <laughs> <laughs> and I, all I could do is start. It's just like pointing and everything. Like, oh, look, it's Elf. <laughs> I'm like, she's having I her mean, own wrong. moment. <laughs> yep. It's like, hey, it's like, yeah. <laughs> and we both started busting up. Like, yes, it's Elf. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, they, uh, yeah, so, uh, Merrick Ferrer's character, Gloria, works for Mattel as, like, a, I'm assuming, like, an administrative assistant, and ends up, uh, she had been designing these, or drawing these, and coming up with these different Barbies, but, like, they're ordinary Barbies, not, like, all these big, fancy, you know, I don't want to say skilled away, but basically these professional and you know where they have certain jobs but instead these are crushing depression barbie (laughs) you know yeah uh and all these different variations and then those barbies ended up those characteristics of barbie end up bleeding into stereotypical barbie those personality traits and that's why barbie started feeling that way all these different ways because gory is like well Kidding? What's wrong with just having like a normal, like an ordinary Barbie? That hmm. it just have to specialize through, in through some, Yeah, that's going through some things. Yeah, yeah, like real life. <laughs> yeah, like real life. And so she, so they all meet, and so Barbie's trying to help her. You know, wants to help her and try and restore. You know, trying. Help her get away because, you know, the corporate guy, because she shows up to Mattel and, you know, Mattel guys want her to get back in the packaging, like this giant box, which they are using. Uh, at I didn't I haven't seen them at any of the movie theaters I've been at, but I guess some of the movie theaters have giant like Barbie cutouts that you could stand in and look like you're a yeah. package Barbie. Yeah, when I went to Wonder Oaks, they had one set where you go in and check in. Yeah, they had one to the to the right of that. OK, so people can take pictures. That's high school. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. Uh, I mean, Mills, Mills oh, okay. Because okay. yeah, yeah. I I doubt they could have done that at, at Hundred Oaks because it's packed as it was. Gotcha. But uh, yeah, Opera Mills had it set up to the right of where you show your ticket and scan in. Okay. Yeah. They didn't have it set up when we went, I guess. Um, we went to Providence though. Never mind. Providence didn't have one, and Hendersonville didn't have one. Okay. Uh, when we went for Oppenheimer. But uh, anyways, it's basically that exact same thing. They want Barbie to get in, so they should get repackaged. And then, like, just like in actual Barbie dolls, where their like wrists and legs kind of get tied in, so they don't, you know, 
fly all, you know, roll around the box. Yeah. So it starts, as soon as the strap started to tighten on her, she like jerked out of it. She's like, nope, I don't want this. I need to get out. Because she could tell that it wasn't right and something was going something was going wrong. So she takes off, runs out, hops in Gory's car, and then, you know, adventure continues. And then, of course, all the, well, Farrell and all the other execs that are with them are trying to go bring her back because they, they understand that if she doesn't return to Barbie land, everything's going to change. Yeah. And not for the better, more or less. Yeah. So they think. So they think, yeah. Um, but yeah, just staying on this. It kind of felt like the Matrix, you know, how when when uh, Neo slash time manager was uh, going through the office, running away from all of the agents and Barbie's running through. I mean, it's a little more action paced, but a lot of this in the movie, a lot of this with Barbie kind of remind me of the Matrix <laughs> in yeah. a way. She's having it's like Barbie's Matrix moment in a way. Yeah. Just trying to figure out what's really going on. Right. And then. <laughs> Ken. Goes to a library. First, he stumbles in. They're at Century City, which is mm-hmm. actually over by where uh, Nakatomi Tower is for Die Hard. Okay. That's at Century City, Paramount Studios and all that. I'm sorry, not Paramount, Fox Studios is over there. Uh, but he walks in this lobby and sees all these dudes in suits, and they're like, you know, kind of broing it up. And then he sees all these different, like, <laughs> videos of, like, horses and, like, weird imagery and these... Uh, different like images that makes him realize that that are very, you know, not really manly, but, you know, kind of, you know, I guess, well, yeah, masculine, you know, but, you know, but he, he's like, Oh my gosh. So he ends up getting these books about patriarchy and stuff Mm -hmm. like this. He goes, this is what Barbie Lane needs. We don't, you know, (laughs) this is because again, Ken is trying to impress Barbie. Right. And when Barbie keeps spurning, spurning, Spurs his advances, whatever that, uh, you know, he takes it really hard. So this is his way to try and feel like, okay, this is what I need to do to get her to notice me and to get her to know that I'm the guy she wants to be with. Yeah. He becomes what he think he should instead of what he should be. Yes. Yeah. Instead of just being himself. Yeah. What ends up happening is in doing all of that, Ken's like, F this noise, and then goes back to Barbie land and leaves Barbie in the real world, which, for someone that that's his goal, is to get her attention. Yeah. And all of this, it seems like you... But I, th- I think after he did all that reading and seeing all the videos and seeing all these different role reversal, he kind of got a big head. It's like, I need to go back and tell the other Ken's what's going on. Like, we're, we, we're more than what we are here. We can be more. We can run this. Getting the big head, basically. That's why I leave. Yeah. I think he thinks like, but it, you know, of course, it's surface level stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. But like outside, he's like, no, I'm, I'm this. I can do this, and we can do that. We don't need the Barbies. We're gonna take this whole thing over. That's kind of yeah. his mindset. Right. We don't need the Barbies. The Barbies need us. Yeah, it's basically what it is. Yeah, and has an impressionable mind, so he yes. obviously takes things the wrong way. <laughs> so he, uh, so he returns to go do that, and then. Uh, after Barbie and Goria and, and uh, Sasha get to, you know, kind of figure th- some things out, they were like, I have to return to Barbie land because, you know, this is, so they go with her back to Barbie land just for it to be completely different. Yeah. Like take the, long either. No, like the Barbie land that had like the Mount Rushmore, different Barbies 
is now just all horses, <laughs> like horse face, like horses from uh, horse heads, like yeah. various different types of horse heads. Everything's done um, in a, what was it? It's Rancho Macho something. I forgot. It was some funny. Because everything was I forgot house. what they called it. Everything they were saying was house. It was like. Yeah. Oh, shoot. But it was really funny. But yeah. And it was hilarious. And I told York, I go, I feel like we need to change our Wi-Fi name to this. Because <laughs> it just sounds like a, it just sounds like something someone would name their Wi-Fi. <clears throat> and not actually, you know, be legit serious about. Yeah. But yeah, it is. And so now Ken's got this whole different persona and all the other Ken's as well. He's influenced. And him. so they're all, uh, so Barbie's like, what happened? You know, and as well, and all the other Barbies have been essentially brainwashed to serve the Ken's. Yeah either as maids or as different like functions of servanthood almost, or, you know, like they just dote on everything the kids say. It's just complete, complete reversal of what it yes. was at the beginning. Right. And so Barbie's like, we got to come up with a way to essentially deprogram the other Barbies. The Stepford wife them and <laughs> right. and get them and then use you know use that power use their power against the Kins so they could take back Barbie Lane. So I found a, I found the name of Ken's house. <clears throat> it's the Mojo Dojo Casa House. There we go. That's which what I it think is. Dojo Means Casa house, house. It's all house. It's house house. Yeah, so Mojo house 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 house. <laughs> <laughs> which is hilarious. That's how twisted Ken's mind was. Just like, right. it makes sense to me. Right. And it rhymes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, I think some people, probably bros, or, you know, probably guys, will go watch this and be like, and then get upset because, you know, they're, they'll see it as like a feminist movie, which, I mean, it's just women trying. I mean, it's literally a movie of, men and women trying to figure out who they are as a person or even as a doll still as a person. And honestly, the more I think about this, the more I think about if you think of, if you reflect back to like your Mm -hmm. twenties, even early to mid twenties, did you know that, did you know who you were as a person as, as well as you do now? Nope. Like no. Right. Cause you're still trying to figure that out. Yep. Whether, and same is going to be, I feel confident that same will be the same, um, for women as it is for us guys. So this movie is more than just some feminist movie. Also, it's directed by Greta Gerwig. There's going to be a little bit of feminism in there. Yeah. But I don't see it as much as a feminist movie as it, as a movie about two characters if not more than two characters trying to figure out what they want to be as opposed to where, what they are. Yeah. I mean, it basically just took the Barbie, but underneath it is a movie about self-discovery. Yes. Amongst other things. Yeah. A lot of other things going on, but that's kind of the primary for, for the two Barbie and Ken and then Gloria, you know, they're, they're all trying to figure things out. (laughs) Yeah. 
they've been living their life a certain way by like a code almost. Yeah. And now they're figuring out, well, we don't have to exactly do things right. the way we've been doing. Exactly. Yeah. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. No, there isn't. And uh, it is. <laughs> um, and I don't think there's anything wrong for kids to earn that, too. Exactly. Like, you're not going to have it all figured out. And Gloria is younger than you and I are in this mm-hmm. movie, trying to figure this stuff out. And she's married. You don't see much of the husband, a couple, except for a couple of times. He seems like the husband is trying to learn Spanish, but doesn't isn't quite there yet. <laughs> no, kind of reminds me of the husband in the past lives where he's dating Nora and he's learning everything he can about her culture, like learning the language, yeah. food, customs. He's got a better grip on it, but Gloria's husband's still trying to figure it out. Right. But he's trying, exactly. you know, he's trying to just have a better understanding yes. of her. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so a couple of interesting things. So I, I, earlier I was kind of talking about the production designer and set designer and all that. Mm-hmm. So uh, an interesting kind of article, or at least a couple of blurbs from an article I'd read. Uh, someone had asked the production designer, what was the most important aspect of the set to get right? And uh, Sarah Greenwood, um, the toy dynamic and scale. When we put Barbie into the dream house, they realized uh, if you put her hand up, she can <clears throat> The, that she is roughly 23% bigger than the space that she's in. So on set, the ceilings are lower and everything is smaller. Even the car we made was 23% smaller than human size. The fact that Margot, Ryan, and everybody else was bigger than the scene's space gave it a very toyetic uh, quality. Yeah. So Greenwood and Spencer uh, considered that uh, lack of shame, privacy, and genitalia. The movies uh, Barbies and Kens are indeed as smooth as dolls. <laughs> when looking to uh, slim Aaron's photos for inspiration, Aaron's post-war work featuring uh, mannered socialites with aquanet helmet hair uh, lounging by crystalline pools was crucial to Barbie's aesthetic with uh, the framing and the colors being referenced throughout Barbie land. His compositions and the photographs, this is part of this tweet thread that I ended up reading. So sorry if some of it doesn't make sense, but if you kind of get the gist, you get, you know, that's kind of it. Uh, His compositions and the photographs are not sexual. There's no sort of sexual aura about them, said Spencer. It's women with women and there's no sense of threat. And that was uh, quite a breakthrough for us. Women, women being just comfortable with other, just being innocent. So thought that was pretty cool an interesting read on that so 23 percent smaller and it worked right. out great yeah so i mean it's true because you know my sister at barbie's and then my niece she's got dolls where the dolls are a little bit bigger than the accessories right. that, that are for it so it's weird weird scaling of things right and 23 percent is kind of an odd number yeah, I mean it's actually an odd number, but it's <laughs> also very specific. Odd to go with that, yeah, number. Yeah. But all in all, like everybody in our family enjoyed it. Even Yorick liked it, and I'm pretty sure Yorick wasn't intending to like it. He just kind of went. Yeah, just to be there. Yeah. So I told Yorick, I go, dude, I'm waiting for her to 
So I'm waiting for Barb. I'm waiting to see Harley Quinn Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that one in the universe. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, like I, when I first dropped the teaser, which they opened the movie with, which was the yeah. 2001 Space Odyssey nod, yes. um, I didn't know. I'm like, how are you going to make a movie about Barbie? Right. But then it wasn't until the second trailer where it's like, okay, this is a little more than just Barbie. So it kind of piqued my interest a little more, you know. And then after watching it, I enjoyed it. I mean, everybody oh, yeah. can get something out of this, you know. It's not yes. just for for Barbie fans and owners of the dolls. It's pretty universal. Everybody's mm-hmm. going, you know, if you don't like it, then it's just not your thing. But if you like it, if you go in this, I think everybody's going to get some from it, some kind of enjoyment. The key is to keep an open mind about it. Yeah. Yeah. Stay like most mind. things. I mean, like anything, really. Yeah. Don't go in with expectations uh, or just just clear your thoughts and just let it wash over you. Yes. <laughs> if by the end you don't like it, at least you watched okay. it and you could say you don't like it because a lot of I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people being negative about it that hadn't even watched it. I guarantee, yes. There is yeah. a I've read a lot of things where people are being negative about it because it's a feminist movie and they don't want to take their kids to go see why they have to inject their politics into this. Like if you don't well, like, I haven't not, seen it yet. But I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. It's like if you're not interested, you're not interested. That let, let that be the reason. Right. <laughs> just say it's just not something you're interested in. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Or watch it and say, okay, that was a one-time watch. You know? Right. All this energy and negative is just ridiculous. And it's just it getting is. worse and worse and, and worse, worse and worse. <laughs> it's a Barbie movie. Calm down. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was smiling throughout watching. I was like, man, this is oh, actually yeah. fun. This is a fun movie. Just Something I didn't expect. Right. You know? And then when I, um, you know, going to the movie theater, there was a few... You know, Barbies and Kins. I saw some one Ken had just a open shirt. No, he didn't have a shirt underneath, but had right. some like some Hawaiian shorts. Just it's it brought people out and they were having fun. Dude, the <laughs> amount of people that I saw in our theater mm-hmm. that were dressed literally dressed up. I yeah. mean, it was cos- it was Barbie cosplay at the movies. I haven't seen that. I don't remember. I honestly do not remember. Like even all the Marvel movies and. You know, superhero movies I've been to, I have not even not Star like Wars this. movies. Yeah. Nothing like this. Yeah. From both for both men and women. Right. Like it was awesome. I that brought me more joy than anything. Because that's what going to the movies should be like. Yeah. I mean it should even, be fun like that. even the guys not dressed up as can, they had like maybe a pink shirt, t shirt, yep. pink, you know, just dress shirt. You know, they made, made, the a, they made a, an event out of it. Yeah. Everybody was just happy people had the kids they were dressed up yes. i was like this is cool this is cool and then when i went to see oppenheimer at 100 oaks oh there was so many people <laughs> so many, <laughs> but they were all dressed up i'm like this is cool nobody's acting up nobody's arguing everybody's no. just people complimenting each other on their, their shirts their costumes got a, co- yep. got a compliment on shirt that the roof made i'm like yep cool and um because i oppenheimer i went and sat in the theater there was nobody in there because I was trying to give concessions time to calm down, mm-hmm. you know, kind of. So I went out there. Line was still long, but not as bad. But by the mm-hmm. time I got back in the theater, packed, <laughs> except for my seat. Right. I was like, man, I just checked this an hour ago, and it was still kind of looking right. like when I first got my tickets. But now it's nope. packed. And my dumb butt left my phone in my cup holder. So, oh no. <laughs> but it was still there. Like, I was like, maybe that helped people not sit in my seat. <laughs> so, maybe. 
possibly. Uh, but yeah, but yeah. It, it was cool. Just to brought people out. You know. Yeah. It's yeah. So what we're trying to say is go see this movie. Just yeah. yeah. I mean, find find out for yourself if this movie is for you. Yeah. Because I I think it will. I mean, it's definitely a summer movie. True. It yeah. Is. I mean, this is. Cause they, and even some of the, like the beat scenes reminded me of like old back to, like old like Frankie Avalon and that breaking in that movies beach movies so yeah and which is great and then of course the choreographed musical numbers were great so yeah I didn't I didn't mind yeah, that just that's normally a pet peeve of mine but that's cool but it worked I mean it, it worked did. for this it worked it's sure. when it's just kind of just put in there you're kind of like what is this yeah doesn't I mean, really they, mesh well but this is Oh, that's yeah. perfect. It goes with it. Yeah. Just remember, you all are kin enough, okay? <laughs> <laughs> or kin enough. Kin Yeah. We're, we're, I'm I'm kin. Yeah. I'm I am kin enough. Yeah, kin Uh Bless. By the way, you could buy that hoodie at Walmart. Ruth already found it. For real? That's I'll take kin-uff. one of my size. I'll take one of my size and one of your size, please. <laughs> <laughs> I am kin enough. Yep. On a, in a hoodie. Uh, it's great. Okay, are we good on Barbie? All right, yeah. Oof. All right, now for something a little less uh, fun, but amazing uh, in its own right. It's the other side of the spectrum. It Barbie is was literally fun, happy, bubbly. This is a little darker. What's what's you know? Do you even borrow from the movie Oppenheimer itself? Barbie was vision. <laughs> Oppenheimer's fusion. Yes. <laughs> oh, bless. I guess actually it probably would have been the other way around because Barbie's more linear and it sticks with this just the one story. And whereas Oppenheimer is fusion, which wins the just anyways. Got two things going on. on. Yeah. So there we go. Exactly. So. All right. Greetings. Welcome to the Oppenheimer uh, talk of this. So to do more research and by research, what's. I'm using air quotes. I watched uh, the 1989 movie Fat Man Little Boy, which I had mm-hmm. not seen, which is weird because it's a Paul Newman movie. So it seems like I would watch it. But it is also about the Manhattan Project and deals more with Paul Newman basically plays Matt Damon's character in okay. Oppenheimer, uh, which is it's so weird because that movie, there's not real. Paul Newman's on the poster. He's top build, obviously, because it's Paul Newman. Uh, but there's like, it's not really his. It makes it seem like it's his story, his point of view. But it's he's in it, but it's still more Oppenheimer than it is. They just the, used him as the top and, villain. And in the movie, he's already general, which whereas in Oppenheimer, he wasn't a general yet. OK, whatever. I don't care. I got I got who Details. the the 1989 uh, Fat Man Little Boy is not a bad movie. It's a good watch if you want to, I don't want to say parrot, but I mean, if you're looking for another movie similar to Oppenheimer that kind of deals with Manhattan Project, that's one you can go uh, rent or buy. I think, I, I mean, I got it on iTunes for $5 so to purchase. So, I mean, just yeah. cheaper than, or at least the same price as renting a movie on iTunes. So it's like, okay, sure. So, oh man. So, Oppenheimer, which is written and directed by the amazing Christopher Nolan, 
has a runtime of three hours. It's rated R. Mm-hmm. Why is it rated R? Hmm. Because you see, because uh, Florence Pugh, who plays uh, Gina, Gene. Jerry, I can't remember her Gene. name. Gene. Gene. Yeah. There's a scene in which they are both, well, she's completely naked. And so there's, you know, top up nudity. And Killian Murphy's naked sitting in a chair, but his legs are crossed. Yeah. So, so that's pretty much why it's rated R. Yeah. Gene Tetlock. That's right. So Oppenheimer is, of course, the story of American scientist J. Robert Oppenheimer. What's the J stand for? Nothing. <laughs> that, I love that part. Nothing. In uh, his role in the development of the atomic bomb. But this movie is filmed. It, so what I what it's reminiscent of as far as the full color version, which is obviously Oppenheimer's point of view mm-hmm. and uh, his story. And then there's, which is the fission as it's you know notated in the caption. And then there's the fusion one, which is the second part, which is in black and white, which is uh, Lewis Strauss's, story more or less his his point of view his how he viewed the story up to you know uh after the bomb and during this this uh confirmation hearing for him to become secretary of commerce yeah uh played by robert downey jr played spectacularly by robert downey jr yeah who will for sure get a a a, uh award nomination many award nominations are going to probably come out of this one for him for Emily Blunt, for who played Kitty Oppenheimer, mm-hmm. for certainly Killian Murphy as Oppenheimer, and uh, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if Jason Clark gets one for playing Roger Robb, uh, one of the prosecutors, even though it's not a, uh, for that hearing. Yeah, so I thought he was also stellar, and I don't think got enough recognition for that. So the story starts out with Oppenheimer, kind of. He's kind of full, you know, sure of himself. He's he moves away because he wants to learn more about about uh, theoretical physics and stuff like that. And there's really nothing he can learn from. Not, he doesn't feel like there's anything he more he can learn without moving to you know going overseas. And so he goes to London and starts learning from all these amazing physicists, and then goes to, even I think to Finland or Denmark one. But yeah, to learn. So he's trying to get all these different aspects and learn all these different things to improve his knowledge of what he believes the world is about. And, you know, space and all that. And what all is out there and humanity and where we are going. Right. And then comes back to uh, Berkeley to start teaching, you know, Theoretical physics in, uh, or getting ahead of myself, it's it's uh, mechanics of physics or something like that. Is that right? Quantum mechanics. Quantum mechanics, maybe. And he starts out with one student, and then winds up with a huge, you know, through time, winds up with a huge classroom. And you know who I didn't recognize at first? Josh Hartnett. Same. <laughs> I, was like, I didn't. It, literally three quarter, we're, three hour long movie. It took me probably two hours to figure out that that was Josh Hartnett. So I kept looking. I'm like, he looks familiar, but I can't quite place yeah. it. First, yeah. I thought he was 
dude from um, the Top Gun, re- you know, yes. sequel. I thought I it was know. him because he kind of favored him. Like, no, that's I'm like, like that's not him. Yeah. And then I was like, I know the name. Like, I didn't, I didn't confirm it till after I finished, but yeah. I knew I, I, I had a feeling, but I just, just didn't recognize him at all because it's been like how long since he's been in anything? Forever. <laughs> yeah, it's been a hot minute. And uh, it was something he said in the way in a look he gave. I'm like, oh shit, that's Josh Hartnett. Because <laughs> like, it took me. I was like, I don't know what it was, but there was like this one point. If I, I go, and then I went, I'm an idiot for not noticing that because it's literally the same haircut, pretty much, almost. Yeah, I mean, just a little older, glasses. Yeah, some mannerisms a little different. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, it, it was like a cool little. In a way, it kind of was an Easter egg, but not really. Yeah, an intentional Easter egg. <laughs> exactly. And then uh, Alden Ehrenreich's also in it. He played, for anybody that remembers the movie Solo, he played on Solo in that movie. And I was like, oh, okay, that's who that is. It's like, I think that's, you know, Alden Ehrenreich. Oh, okay, cool. And then uh, who plays a, a Senate to to uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s uh, Louis Strauss? So, so he's wearing all these things, and then he... There are talks about him, people that he's uh, parties he gets invited to. He's very open-minded to all different aspects of politics and the way to see the world and trying to do whatever he can to help others, you know, trying to, that are going through hard times. So that gets him involved with this group that is a communist group, but he's not, he doesn't say he's, he doesn't, he's not a card carrying member of the, you know, the communist party, but he hangs out with people that are. Yeah. I guess. So that's how he gets labeled, I guess. But not a member. (laughs) Right. Exactly. And then of course, that's where he meets, uh, that's where he meets Gene Tetlock and they start having a relationship until, until he has an affair on her with her. Uh, with a married person because yeah. Kitty was married to one of the other professors there that they were friends with. And so he leaves Gene because he got Kitty pregnant. Kitty's yeah. having to get a divorce. And the two of them are going to get married before she starts showing. <laughs> so. Yeah. He was open and honest about it. And like, yeah, I don't see that. A lot. I mean, yeah. Also a little too nonchalant about it. I felt yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, well, it's the 40s. Maybe that was a thing. I don't know. Or, you know, he's a scientist. He's just not yeah. well with doing the relationship thing. But he's like, yeah, oh, I'm pregnant. I got to do this. I like Eugene, but I got to do the right, right thing. I have to be practical. <laughs> yeah. Even though I was with the married woman. Right. But now she's pregnant with my kid. Yeah. Oh, no. Her husband's cool with it. <laughs> it's complicated. <laughs> I was like, I don't think he is. <laughs> well, I uh, think anybody would be cool with that. But okay. And, uh, but he, he, of course, tells Gene, if you call, I'll answer. Yeah. Doors always. always. Yeah. Yeah. Not the only thing that's always open. <laughs> um, <laughs> apparently. Um, yeah. So, and then, you know, you could see, you know, as Oppenheimer starts working on Manhattan Project, you know, all his students are trying to basically unionize together because they're trying to, because it's Berkeley, they're trying to unionize together, but it's kind of more like a pro-communist kind of union type thing. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, Hartnett's character is trying to tell him, listen, you need to 
tell your students basically they need to calm down with that stuff because you're not going to be, you know, invited. Uh, Ernst Lawrence, um, you're not going to be invited onto this uh, to help out with this big project if you don't, you know, if you can't essentially prevent or convince them that you're not affiliate, you know, that you're not a part of this. Yeah. And so they, uh, so he does, and then he gets invited to join the Manhattan Project with uh, with Ernest Lawrence, and they started working, you know, start start working on uh, trying to come up with the big weapon to defeat the Germans, because yeah. that's was the plan all along, and they had heard that the Germans already kind of have a head start on this, so they're having to play catch up, and. Uh, of course, you know, uh, they all get, he gets the greatest minds together and kind of spearheads all this. And they got three different locations of where they're going to essentially plan, you know, research, you know, three different main areas. And then they all, there's a, they make a railway uh, tracks to meet in this one central location, which turns out to be Los Alamos, New Mexico, which is also where Oppenheimer and his brother have a bunch of land. Uh, so they build the city. So every, so all the scientists can bring their families there because if they can't bring their families, they're not going to be focused because they be, won't come. <laughs> yeah, they won't come. So they show up. Boom. Well, no boom, but they show up in. Sorry, phrasing. <laughs> the fuse is lit. <laughs> yes, and <laughs> the research begins. Yeah, as. Uh, and it really shows kind of like the various amounts of different egos that show up to try and work together and how they butt heads on different ideas. And even uh, Benny Safdie's characters, like, you know, we're trying to try to enrich all this uranium in Oak Ridge, Tennessee, of course, mm-hmm. halfway between pretty much not quite halfway, but basically on the way between here and Knoxville or at least here in Gatlinburg one. Forgot how yeah. far away it is, but yeah, uh, I'm like, oh, great, but that's where they're kind of storing all that, and they're trying to. Uh, but Benny Safty's character, Edward Teller, is like, well, we need, to, we should look into using hydrogen, using hydrogen as a means of doing that instead of plutonium or uranium, and you know, Kelly Murphy's character, uh, or character Oppenheimer is like, that's not where we're gonna, that's not the main plan, but keep working on it because, mm-hmm. you know, it's always good to have a backup. Keep working on it because we may, you know, there may come a time where we may end up having to use that instead if this doesn't work out. Yeah. And uh, Teller was just kind of okay with it, but he, I don't think ever really, f- I don't want to say forgave, but he never really felt like Oppenheimer had his back on it. Felt a little salty off from that. Yeah. yeah. So just a hair, just a hair salty. Came back to bite him in the ass. Um, but this, it's amazing to watch how this movie develops to where you see this very confident, cocky kind of genius at work thinking he's got everything together. Mm-hmm. And as the movie progresses, you just see all of that start to dissipate all the way up until, especially after the explosion or after the bomb is dropped at Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Um, his view on everything just changes. 
Yeah. Because he's thinking about human life and what did they, you know, what they accomplished, for lack of better words, ended up starting this, uh, basically what they came up with could wind up then becoming just, we just, we didn't make things better. We have made things worse because now we have, now that we've developed the power of the gods, more or less, we're now putting, we're now giving it, we're now giving it to people in power that may or may not should, you know, should or should not have the power. Right. To wield this because of their own egos and that we just started a you know a uh, an effect that's just going to keep sparking and chain reaction yes chain reaction yep and yeah it's just just to watch killian murphy's character just go through some things <laughs> to say the least now mind you he's still going around cheating on his wives like yeah how she stood by him i don't know i don't know Right, I couldn't explain it, but I guess despite him doing that, I, I'm not even gonna try to explain right? it because I can't. I don't yeah. know. Doesn't yeah. make sense. Doesn't make sense at all. But I mean, he was always honest about it, which you know he said like you know you knew about it. <laughs> it's not like I hid it, but it still, still hurts. It still bothers. Yeah, yeah, still, so a hurtful thing and to do. Still end up having two kids total. Yeah, them. But, I mean, but with the, with the woman he's with, never had it with. Yeah, <laughs> it's like right. Somehow the universe protected you from that. Somehow. Somehow, yeah. <laughs> uh, must have been the radiation. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But, again, another movie about self-discovery. Yeah. About people discovering who they are, but also, but also what their actions, what kind of consequences their actions can result in. Yeah. And how they deal with that. And then... When and that's just through the storyline through Killian Murphy's point of right. view, and starting out kind of as a narcissist and then kind of becoming more sympathetic and more worried about other people. Whereas when you look at Downey Jr.'s character's storyline, the Senate hearing, it's all about him. Yeah, everything he viewed, every this because there's the mid kind of yeah. It starts out with him. It starts out with Oppenheimer at a at a at a hearing to find out whether or not he's going to get security, keep his security clearance, right, or not. And this is supposed to take place, I believe, in 1954. And then the Senate hearings in 1957. I think I, rem- if I remember reading correctly, yeah, and or something like that, somewhere around there, and. Everything and so Oppenheimer tells you know basically flashbacks, everything. Mm-hmm. Whereas uh, whereas Strauss's is just all about told from the Senate hearing, or not you know the confirmation hearing, yeah. And also you know during the breaks of the hearing you know during lunch and stuff like that through conversations he has, and everything he did to basically make the make that hearing for Oppenheimer security clearance hearing happen was all just petty bullshit because because essentially because Einstein snubbed him just shows how insecure <laughs> just, he was just <laughs> like yeah <laughs> yeah because that conversation they had by the lake yeah he tries to speak to Einstein and I was like he's walking he's like just I must have been talking about me. yeah not yeah. at all 
it must not have been talking. You know, I must have been talking yeah. about me. And you said yeah. something. He just don't want to even give me make eye contact. Yeah. So he's held that over the years and just basically sabotaged Oppenheimer. Yes. And uh, uh, yeah. So the the actor that played Einstein, by the way, is the guy that uh, nursed Batman back to health. His broken back mm-hmm. in the pit uh, in Dark Knight Rises. Same guy. Okay. I can't think of his name. Tony something or other. Um, but yeah, it's like, oh, okay. That makes a lot more sense now. But yeah, and he's like, like, uh, Alda and Ehrenreich's characters, you know, the Senate is like, you know, did you ever think that maybe they were talking about something completely different and it had nothing to do with you? Did that, you know, did that ever even once cross your mind? Apparently not. That's just how full of himself he is. It's like, yep. No, they were talking about me. Even if yeah. I think even if Oppenheimer had said what they were talked about, he wouldn't have believed it. No, no, because you know it's all got to be about him. Yep. So, and that's just I don't know. That's just irritating. <laughs> that kind of irritates me at least. Like wow, all of that just because you got you got butt hurt over something a few years back. Well, I mean, we've seen some but, movies that was more comedic where people have held grudges. <laughs> Right. Over the years, like, come on, it wasn't that bad. Yeah. Looks easy. But, I mean, it's, yeah. And then just, uh, it's funny because, you know, it's, uh, Strauss, you know, did all these things to pit scientists against Oppenheimer just to have it come back and bite him in the ass where the scientists come back and, <laughs> and defend him. Yeah. And, yeah, it's, you know, it's good to see when bad things happen to bad people. Right. Like that. You know, just, but this movie is just one sim- cinematic feat after another. No CGI, apparently. According to Christopher Nolan, practical practical effects. Practical. Because you lose something when you walk onto a set and there's a green screen. That's true. It just loses the, that authentic. Yeah, authenticity. Nature. Yes. Yeah. Um, I did like at the beginning when they were kind of showing how Oppenheimer sees things. It's just, yes. he's just seeing atoms reacting and explosions and just, yes, that's how he's, that's, that's what he saw. <laughs> and I guess he's just trying to make sense of that. That's what led to him trying to learn as much as he could. And then realizing that back home, there wasn't really anyone teaching things there. So he took it upon himself to be that person. Right. Yeah. But, um, and then I was thinking, you know, when they went to go build the atom bomb, go out to the desert. And I was thinking back to having the movie Asteroid City come out earlier this year, which mm-hmm. is more of a, you know, you have the, in the background, they're doing testing. I'm like, hmm, does Oppenheimer happen? <laughs> you know, just, just some right. kind of multiverse thing I was thinking about. Right. But, um, but yeah, I was happy that I had been reading on quantum physics and, me- and mechanics lately. So it kind of helped me not go into this completely lost when they were talking about certain things. Mm-hmm. And um, I still have a lot more to learn, but um, I was glad that I had done. Cause I don't, I don't know if I would have been as interested in this had I not started okay. that particular journey, but um, it's just all interesting. And then just him realizing the, what he did was probably a mistake because not only does the people with power have this weapon it's going to kind of motivate and inspire the opposing side to try to do the same thing. And then it's just going to constantly try to one up each other. Like, okay, they got this. Now we need this. 
well, they got that, so we need this, which may lead to, you know, Rose destruction. Never know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you never know. Because that so could there's, happen. There's there's a near zero chance of that. Yeah. Near zero. <laughs> what, zero. You want, what more do you want from theory? Uh, zero. Zero. <laughs> oh, man. But apparently that was that was actually a thing. They were constantly worried about that. This chain reaction may just keep occurring and that there's no way to stop it. And that's how they destroy the world. So, yeah. Glad they were proven wrong. Yep, otherwise we wouldn't be here to, to review oh. this movie. Ah, <laughs> uh, Jesus. You know, we'll be spirits like in soul, standing on the line like, dang, man. <laughs> right? But yeah, there's a uh, there's a great article I'll put on our group page uh, that is written by... Um, it, it'll help more after you've seen it. Uh, but there's a article called Oppenheimer, The Definitive Explanation. Mm-hmm. And it is by Chris Lambert. Uh, so I'll be sure to add that on there. A lot of cool, interesting things, you know, that will definitely make more sense to uh, to you after you've watched it. And uh, just kind of show you how just much more amazing this movie really is. It is just everything from the visuals to the sound to the music. Like it, everything just works perfectly like even as much as like the explosion you see it before you even hear it which i think is amazing how they did that it's like yeah that would that makes sense yeah i still gotta watch it on imax i mean i think i still think i got a decent experience i, think but you, I know it's i, I know it's enhanced it's, by, it by is quite enhanced, a bit. but it's not gonna burn your face off like yeah, I did not feel the heat radiating from the screen. <laughs> of course, I wasn't on the front row, but yeah, <laughs> simmer down, Chris. Simmer down. <laughs> I don't know what kind of enhanced viewing he was watching, but right. But yeah, yeah. It, and it was funny. So it was, I had my phone on vibrate, and it was towards the end of the movie, and we are at least two hours into the movie. And, before you even get to the explosion and right when the explosion went off, I got a text message and it's and yeah. oddly, I didn't jump completely out of my chair, but it was, yeah, good timing enough, on that. Enough to startle you. <laughs> yes, definitely enough to startle me. It was still pretty funny. I would recommend, I would highly recommend both these movies. I highly think that I even, and I saw something that I'd already thought about that the, Provided there is, you know, if the writer strike, if the writers and screen actors guild strike, you know, ends in time, mm-hmm. that if there is an Academy Awards <laughs> next year, that best supporting actor could literally come down to either Robert Downey Jr. from Oppenheimer or Ryan Gosling in Barbie, and that right there is everything, and I love it, and I am here for it. But then, you know, Ken had his his song number. And I yes. was like, it'll probably, it might get nominated and go up against Super Mario Brothers Peaches. <laughs> yep. So you want to you want to hear a funny story about the Ken song? Mm-hmm. So I read that uh, Mark Ro- Mark Ronson, who did the music for the movie, I guess, yeah. he wrote that song as a, like a treatment, I guess, or whatever, just kind of on a whim type of thing. Yeah. And then played it for Greta Gerwig, who loved it and wanted to use it in there 
And then Ryan Gosling absolutely loved it and felt that that would be perfect for his character to do. So they actually filmed it and put it on screen. Wow. <laughs> and Ronson's like, uh, that that's not what I was intending for, but they it knocked out. it out of the park though. <laughs> it but it works. Out. And then they knocked it out of the park. Yep. So. It's good to uh, know. And everything, both movies, everything worked. Um, yes. I wish I could have seen Oppenheimer a little earlier because that, that third hour was rough. After oh, it worked. Yeah. Yep. So I was just like, man, I even saw the people around me. They were fidgeting. <laughs> Like yeah. I was in the in the top left corner, people sitting next to me. I just see them kind of moving in their seat, yeah. looking at their watch, like, like oh my god, <laughs> laying yeah. back. <laughs> yeah, it's getting to y'all, huh? Yep. I should have stayed yep. home so I could have watched this by myself. Exactly. <laughs> uh, no, stayed away during all because we went to an eleven o'clock in the morning show. Because yeah. <laughs> granted, we had to drive further out to go see it in IMAX because it's the only place we could get into, which is ridiculous to even. Saying thing, but I'm um, hot. Hey, it was worth that's it. cool though. Yep, worth it. York also liked the movie. Um, it was really weird. We it was a very quiet conversation going home, <laughs> but he said he really liked the way it was shot and everything filmed. I said, Yeah, it's rem- to me, it reminded me a lot of like Oliver Stone filmmaking, mm-hmm. especially like JFK, where they kind of interspersed black and white and color. And to tell essentially a biopic, but yeah, uh, to tell a story to kind of keep audiences, you know, one, it kind of gives a different kind of texture and feel to the movie, but it also lets you know that things are, this is real. This is what may have happened. Right. And things like that. And Oliver Stone's really good at using visuals and, um, to convey a story. Of course, his editing's a little bit, it's quite a bit different than, <laughs> than no one's but it's yeah but there's still uh, some similarities in there that you can pull from it okay. definitely not a definitely not an insult uh, only a compliment so yeah yeah but your city liked it and I'm, so I'll, i'm good with that and i'm i i dude i and i kid you not two hours in you hanging in there you hanging in there over there you good he's like oh yeah yeah i'm good yeah that's good that's good i'm like all right just making sure you're not like bored or you know just yeah also, I did not know there was going to be nudity in this, for the record, and that's on me. Sorry if you're not giving par- a heads up. <laughs> yep. Parenting win yet again. <laughs> yeah. I, I started thinking about, like, oh, shoot, I forgot the Florence Pugh stuff. <sighs> but it, I was like, it's not as bad as Joyride, but still, no, I could have given the heads up. Yeah. That's all right. No worries. Yeah, <laughs> More education. Good. Yep. There you go. <laughs> Uh, York's gonna see her in the next. <laughs> see her in uh, what is it? Thunderbolts. Be like, oh, it's the boob chick. <laughs> <laughs> you know, kind of like Grayson. It's Elf. Yeah, to- totally it's, different references. It's Tits McGee. <laughs> Although yeah, that another that Will Ferrell reference. That kind of visual when he was at the having his um, security hearing. That was that was a little more than the initial scene. I was like, oh. yeah, I'm like, yeah. oof. I was like, yeah, I almost forgot about that one. Yeah, Whew. my that's bad. <laughs> that's an awkward scene to film, FYI. Yeah, <laughs> true professionals for sure. Yeah. Oh man, but I didn't expect oof. it. <laughs> I was like, yeah, okay, but cool. 
Christopher Nolan's trying out some things. This, yeah. this is all new. Alrighty. Yeah. <laughs> cool visual effects. Yes, right. <laughs> Very practical indeed. <laughs> How practical? Uh, <laughs> Were they, Chris? Because <laughs> <laughs> you know Killian Murphy is a method actor, I'm just saying. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, we're just being ridiculous. But yeah, go check out both movies. Expect to see both of them and uh, during the award season. Yeah, for sure. Now, I told Kala, like when she comes back, which maybe oh. a couple more weeks, said maybe we'll be able to get a good early screening. Because she was right. interested in both, but chose the movie we did go see. And um, But she's still interested in, in both of them, checking them out. So we'll see if we get to make that happen. All right. So, uh, coming up this week, we have a um, couple of horror movies, actually. Well, family horror? I, guess, I don't how, how does that work? One Anyways. of them may be family horror. Yeah. But yeah. Um, we, have, we have Talk Haunted Mansion to me. Sorry, I thought we were just... <laughs> or it could worrying, be phrase. Worrying titles now. Yeah. Haunted Mansion, talk to me. <laughs> yep, that too. So, yes, Disney's Haunted Mansion, <laughs> which Grayson has decided she does not want to see because it looks too scary. So that's going to be fun to find time to go see that. But here we are. And then uh, we also have Talk to Me, which looks scary as hell. But I am going to try to be an adult and go see this. It's 824. <laughs> exactly. So I'll have... Uh, Oh, my blanket with me just in case. <laughs> my blanket, my blanket, and my stuffed animal. So. <clears throat> but, oh my goodness! Yeah. So that's what we got coming up uh, next week. Our last episode for July. Summer's coming to an end. Mm-hmm. Only a couple more weeks left, and the kids are back in school. It's crazy, crazy. Time kind of flew. Yup. True story. Alrighty. Guess yeah. that's it for Barbenheimer. We Barbenheimed it. Yep. It's a good week. I was just still surprised at how just uh I guess how many people came up came out showed up to watch these movies. That's because it's been a while. Like I think the last movie that I went to that was really full was when we went to see No Way Home. That's the last packed theater I went to. For me. I'm trying to remember. I'm honestly trying to remember the last one I've been to that was packed like it. I mean, like these. Like, yep. oh my gosh. But yeah, like when I saw when I saw Barbie, it wasn't wasn't that bad. I probably had two people, maybe about five people in my row, a couple seats down, and then maybe about eight others sprinkled around. Yeah. But Oppenheimer was packed. That's I think that's the one movie I didn't think would be as packed because it's not. It's a film. It's not your normal yeah, movie it's, for this time. It's more. Yeah, it's an Oscar movie. It's, yeah, so I just wasn't expecting that bit of that kind of an outpour of people. Yeah, for that. But um, yeah. Yep. Uh, and officially, Barbie debuts with 162 million at the domestic box office. So, yeah. I, I would say uh, people. That's the kind of movies you know. Just original content. Gotta take that chance to, to, 
Step outside the box. Don't stay in the box. Get out that sandbox. Uh, but yeah, it it was great. I mean, they, uh, yeah, did everything right. So I encourage everybody to go see these two great movies. And yeah, agreed. Agreed. All right. Well, my friend, hope you have a uh, hope you're able to decompress from. <laughs> Barbaheim weekend. Be ready to go for the haunted mansion and talk to me. Yes. Uh, stay in the dark. <laughs> yep. And yeah. So, all right, friends. Well, we hope you all had a, uh, enjoyed this episode. Let us know what you think. And uh, we hope you all have an amazing week. And we'll talk to you all next week. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed our show and have a moment, please rate and review. It helps us out a lot. Also, recommend us to someone that enjoys movies or also has kids. You can find us on Twitter at PA Movie Podcast and on Instagram at Parental underscore advisory underscore movie underscore pod. Be sure to join our Facebook group, Parental Advisory Movie Podcast, and join in on the fun.